Hey there, it's Alowin, better known as the voice behind Averin, with a word from our sponsor. This session brought to you in part by Fiverr, the best place to find freelance services for your business. Whether you're in the market for commissioned art, or even script writing, which I probably should have utilized prior to recording this so I didn't have to do it six times, you can find on Fiverr. It's a whole world of freelance available right at your fingertips with options for every budget. Find high quality services at every price point, no hourly rates, and just project-based pricing. You'll find quality work done quickly with the right freelancer to begin working on your project within minutes. Your payments are protected every time. Always know what you'll pay up front and your payment isn't released until you approve the work. And know that Fiverr has your back with 24 seven support. Not in the market for services, but looking to augment your own income? Fiverr is powered by freelance artists just like you. So sign up today at Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! Welcome to the world of Selena. Hello and welcome to Queers and Spears Presents The Cap Creep Chronicles, a side quest series of 1v1s for our side quest campaign, Fodum Sept. Here we will explore the small town of Cap Creek on our heroes' first night together on their journeys. The night falls on the creek as the sounds of bugs and frogs sing along to the steady babbling of the creek. Oriana, you find yourself in the mushroom accommodations that were given to you by our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful ranger friend, Thorpe. Uh, you are surrounded uh, by your sleeping compatrons, as well as some of our friends who are also just out kind of exploring the night. Some half-filled beds uh, and some completely empty beds. It is about 10.30 in the evening, still plenty of time for you to explore and do things on your own for the moment, as well as still get a full night's rest for the day before. It is dark outside, except for the luminescent light that beams from the flowers and the trees and the natural little pieces of wildlife that grow in these wonderful trees that these bullywogs call home as well as the bioluminescence from the creek down below. The stones are shining with an iridescence that helps highlight the creek as it passes through the town. Oriana, what would you be doing on this fine night? I think after, um, when we Lynn did the last episode, she was fiddling with her bird and more so just tinkering with it to let her thoughts out to process the information we had learned and I think after a while she set it aside and put it away and I think she would step out and definitely try to get at first just getting some air I think she'd want to you know take a breath enjoy the 
bioluminescence. I mean, that absolutely captivated her. The moment the sun went down because she has never seen anything like that. So I definitely think if there is a porch area of the accommodations, she would first, I think, head outside and take a deep breath. And I think she would lean over the railing and just kind of look down and take in the sight of it all before she would descend and begin walking to see wherever this strange land full of beauty and wonder could take her. Absolutely. You step out of your little accommodations out onto a small but quaint porch. The cool, crisp air just kind of hits you and wafts around you as the smell of the wilds just hits you. The fresh, floral scent of pollen flying through the air and the thick, dense, coniferous trees that are around you just fill the air with scents that Oriana is very unfamiliar with. Your home in Aramor is a lot farther south than you are at the moment. The wilds are a lot less wild out there. You still have your trees and you have your flowers and you've got plenty of wildlife out there, but nothing like you've seen here. This is not just a monumentous moment as Oriana is stepping out into the world that is not her home of Aramor, but just seeing just how much was hidden from you in those castle walls. You start to make your way around, wandering, letting your mind lead you from one place to the next. As you hear, as you see lots of mushrooms, their doors closed and their lights off. A lot of home establishments that you can assume that are families and patrons and people who live here in the town, all tucking in for the night. You wander and wander kind of up the spiraling staircases that lead you up the massive trunks of these trees in which the city kind of lives on. You start to kind of wander into more of what looks like a working area. You do see that some lights are on in this area. Some of the establishments have some noises and things coming from them. You see the tavern in which you guys had spent the evening before still hopping with livelymint and uh, merrymaking. There is uh, some banging and clattering coming from a different of a couple of establishments all within uh, just a short walk of where this tavern is and where you happen to find yourself now. Go ahead and you can give me a, either a perception check or an investigation check. Okay, let's see. They're both plus four, so uh, let's see. That is going to be an 11. An 11, amazing. So you are walking around. This town feels very different uh, than when you were walking around during the daylight. The sun is no longer shining through the canopies, helping kind of illuminate your way. And instead, everything kind of glows with this like beautiful neon blues and neon pinks as they kind of cascade from the trees and the flowers around you. You see little lightning bugs flying around in the air and you hear the like chirping and like croaking of frogs and bugs that are all around you. And you're walking around and you know you don't necessarily want to go to the tavern again tonight. You feel like you've had your fill of your time there in the tavern, but the other locations as you start to kind of like go past them, at least the ones that are open, you hear some metalwork uh, happening out of one of them and hearing uh, and feel a lot of heat coming from one location. 
And then in the other location, you hear more of like banging, clashing, metalwork. You hear like a hammer on iron. You hear like the like twisting of wrenches and like the screwing in of screws. You hear uh, like very small and uh, very quiet uh, intellectual chatter kind of coming from in there. Uh, but these are like the two main establishments besides the tavern that seems to be uh, awake and alive at this moment. I think she pauses for a moment because part of her is intrigued by the what could be this blacksmith um, because she does know that they were going to be facing things and given she only has a rapier and a dagger on hand she knows maybe finding something a bit stronger wouldn't be a bad idea but hearing the sounds that reminder of her own workshop the intelligent chatter it calls to her like a moth to a flame she can't escape it so i think as soon as she you know kind of catches that she immediately heads for that shop incredible like most of the buildings uh here in cap creek it is also built uh from a mushroom that is kind of growing outside uh of this tree and very much like the tavern it is also carved out on the inside as you approach you can hear like the tickings of clocks and the like chitter chatter and pitter patter of feet as they are just kind of like running around inside you hear some like jargon and things and you hear somebody say like pass me the tools pass me the tools uh and you hear just like clanging and battering as uh the what you would only know as the sounds and symphonies of machinery being made come from the inside of this establishment I think at first she kind of walks in and kind of assesses what's um, happening, not wanting to necessarily startle um, whoever's working, but also to just admire the craftsmanship that is um, going on. So I think she will look for the first person she sees who doesn't exactly seem to be fully focused or at least has, you know, a their attention can be taken away without it causing um, too much um, of a problem. Absolutely. So you creak the door open, uh, but it doesn't creak really as you open it. It's very seamless as it opens uh, without a sound. Uh, something that, uh, as an as an artificer, you know you've fixed your door so many times to stop that incessant creaking as the door uh, opens and closes in your own room. So the door opening quietly doesn't really surprise you. But as you walk into this amazing workshop, this is what surprises you. It is far beyond what you have in your own workshop. There are gears placed all over the walls, a giant clock up against the back with all of these gears kind of interconnecting and sprawling across the walls and the ceilings. Large metal contraptions up in the corners that are kind of like puffing smoke and working on their own accord. You see so many different work tables, like six, seven, eight work tables, just piled with project after project blueprints after blueprints and you just see these two uh bullywogs uh that are kind of like running around and kind of tinkering and kind of like huddled over some blueprints together um uh, and like kind of messing with some mechanics that are currently in front of them uh and you can give me an insight check really quick on them absolutely That is going to be a 19. 19. Yeah. So as you kind of approach them, 
you know what a uh, woman in work looks like as someone who uh, continuously is uh, in work mode a lot of the waking hours of the day. You approach this um, little bullywog frog. Uh, the uh, they are uh, have a dark black skin, very similar to Thorpe's, uh, with splatters of a neon yellow that go across her face and her arms. She wears a sandy beige tunic with a waist corset in a rich muddy brown that kind of wraps around her midsection that have some embroidered fireflies and mushrooms on it with some matching brown trousers on them. Um, and she, uh, as you kind of approach, you notice that it's kind of uh, not incredibly heated discussion or something that would be uh, described as like monumentous. It sounds like they're just kind of like chit-chatting about like the next step in this project that they're currently looking over. Uh, and as you approach uh, the uh, woman bullfrog, sh uh, uh, bullywog, she looks up to you and she's like, Oh, hi. Uh, it's a little uh, late at night. What you doing out here? So late at night. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I truly am. I, uh, I was out on a walk and I happened to hear your goings about. And as an artificer, I... It called to me, so I decided to stop in, and my god, I am impressed. This is like a workshop I've never seen before. This is beautiful. She uh, looks at you with a smile on her face, and she's like, "What? Well, thank you. You know, of course, it's uh, very much like us intellectuals to never waste a dull moment not thinking. So I pretty much just fall asleep here at, that work at this workshop. Uh, so, you caught me when I'm still awake, which is fantastic. Uh, what can I, are you looking for some help on something? Or are you just looking around? Or is there anything I can help explain? Or anything like that? Well, I, well, nothing in particular. I just more so wanted to, I suppose, just take a glance around. Um, because I was... I heard there was an artificer in town from Thorpe. Would you happen to be Sadie? That's right, I am. I'm Sadie. I'm Sadie Crokey. Oh, it's nice to meet you. It's very nice to meet you, Sadie Crokey. My name is Oriana Starweaver. Um, did Thorpe get the message to you? I sent over some plans um, as a thank you to your community. Yeah, yeah, Thorpe came by not too long after he settled y'all down and passed on these plans. That's actually kind of what we're looking over right now. It's very impressive. I was very, I'm very happy you came by to uh, maybe kind of like decipher this or kind of like just talk us through what your ideas are. You know, every intellectual has a very specific way of writing down their notes and things of that nature. So, of course, like having you here to help explain maybe some of this shorthand would an absolute pleasure. It's absolutely great to have you. Of course, and I'm sorry. I I hadn't planned on giving these plans to anyone, but, you know, you never know what you're going to experience on the road. And I don't feel, and I'm sure you understand because you have a shop, that these creations are things that are meant to be stored away. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be seen. They're mm -hmm. meant to have a purpose. And so... When I had the opportunity to give it, I, I, I couldn't not. So, yes, I'm more than happy to decipher these for you. And I actually have um, a half-finished one. Uh, let, me, let me get it out. And she reaches into her bag and pulls out the one she was tinkering with earlier. She's like, here, here, you can, if you want, we can take a look at it. Because I had some problems with... Uh, getting the messaging stone just to fit just right. I really had to uh, bend the metal and, and it was kind of awkward and I'm sure there's a better way we can probably go about it. So we could probably move and um, I think she takes the notes and she kind of studied them for a minute and she's like, yes, yes, we could probably remove this note and this note um, and make some improvements Um and probably this mechanism, and she kind of points to the diagram where, like, the messaging stone fits. She's like, 
I, I'm sure, especially looking around your workshop, you definitely have a brilliant mind. So we can definitely find a way to make this better than it already is. You look over as you're kind of talking to Sadie. She has her like little hands behind her back and she's kind of leaning over and like nodding along as you're kind of like explaining and going over your notes. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I do see. I think that we could both help each other out. I've got a couple of things in here that I think can help really improve this and improve the blueprints you've already got going on and maybe make it fly a little bit swifter and possibly store some more words in the sending stone. <gasps> let me let me show you around our workshop. And she kind of like grabs you by the hand uh, and kind of like gives you a little bit of a tour in here. It is like very stagnant and warm in here with all of this machinery running and things of that nature. They don't really have any of the windows open or anything like that just because they don't want to like have anything like knock over or any breezes or anything of that nature. Temperature sometimes can affect uh, like how machines run and things of that nature. So it's very like a little muggy in here, a little warm, but it's something you're very much used to. She, she shows you around all of these beautiful little contraptions and things that they have. They have a beautiful array of like different like tinkering tools and things of that nature. A lot of finished products and unfinished products. Some products that seem to be made in mass. Like it's like a uh, one singular product that is uh, a bunch uh, made a bunch of different times, um, and uh, shows you basically everything that they have at their disposal here and then brings you back over to the blueprints that you provided and says like, all right, so I think that if we put our heads together, I think we can really make this work. Are you in? I'm all in. Incredible. So let's have some fun with some rolls. So let's Yay! do, um, let's do a, a, first let's do an investigation check and Sadie's going to okay. give you a on this because uh, you're working on it okay. together this is for uh de like deciphering and retooling of your blueprints okay um first roll is a nine plus four and the next one was a 13 plus four makes it a 17 so we're going with a 17 beautiful 17 is great you and sadie are going back and forth a little bit kind of erasing some of the plans and like kind of redrawing and restructuring uh kind of refiguring out like the runic placements on the bird to help you uh get more of the effect that you're kind of looking for and even improve upon it as it stands uh, and as you guys are kind of like finalizing that, she's going to also give you the help action on a tinkering tools check to go ahead and put this Ooh. into action. Okay, and that's going to be a um, flat D20 plus... Oh, okay. Yeah, plus dex and proficiency. Okay, so that would be a... So dex plus proficiency, so that'd be... Plus two, so it'd be plus three, and then I get a plus one because of the tools I have. Incredible, yep. So it's a plus so, four to whatever you roll. Yes, okay, so and I get a, and I get to roll twice because Sadie's helping. So yeah. Okay, good, because that was a two. <laughs> that's an eight, so that's gonna be a uh da, 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 da. twelve. At 12. Amazing. So as you guys are starting to work on this, you can see that there are some alterations based off of your first Mockingbird that you happen to have out, just kind of as a reference uh, of a of the work that is already completed and the work that you're trying to improve upon and do better on this secondary bird uh, that was uh, gifted to you by your parents uh, on as a like journey to keep uh, journey gift to keep your mind occupied as you're traveling uh, into unknown lands. Uh, Sadie uh, kind of helps you kind of uh, help flatten the wings out, giving a longer but sleeker wings to help fly a little bit faster, possibly even longer distances. And you help kind of uh, uh, alter the carrying capacity of the where the stone sits within the bird. 
Uh, and it seems like you're making some really great progress on getting the Mach 2 version of this Mockingbird up and running. Uh, I do, uh, I'm going to ask for one more Tinkering Tool check just to see if we can get to that DC I have set for your bird. Once again, you can roll this with advantage. Okay. Come on, good rolls. Hey. Ah, beautiful. Okay, second roll was a 17, so 17 plus 4 makes a 21. Incredible. So you you take a little break in the between and you're like halfway through with like the alterations and you hit like a little small snag and you take a second, you powwow with Sadie, uh, come up with some like on the fly like changes to your blueprints to kind of maneuver and get this thing working right. You figure out how to get these slide mechanisms working for the retraction of the wings so that they work properly. And you finally finish the masterpiecing and the crafting of the uh, the carapace that holds that sending stone in there, allowing for a little bit more capacity. And after a solid hour's work, it's about 11.30 at night now, you and Sadie have successfully completed the Mockingbird Mock too. This this mockingbird uh, is is an improvement over your other mockingbird. So your one mockingbird, the original one, uh, just had a slower speed and a uh, shorter distance than this bird. So you can now go a little bit farther with this bird and go a little bit faster as well if you choose to send the Mach 2 versus the Mach 1. Um, and it, this bird also, most sending stones only have a 25 word capacity. Uh, this sending stone now has a 30 word capacity. Beautiful. And as you guys kind of put the finishing touches on this, you see that the arcane symbols on the Mockingbird kind of glow with success and a confirmation of completion. And Sadie uh, flashes a big old smile at you and wipes a little bit of sweat off of her forehead and is like, now that's a better bird. I really could not have done it without you, Sadie. I am so, so grateful that you wanted to help me with this. You are yep. so brilliant. Oh, and you're so brilliant. I mean, you we've figured <laughs> all this you. out. We got all this figured out now. And now I, I think this is a great little machine. I've never thought to do something like that. To put a sending stone in a bird that you could just like send off to people. It's brilliant. Because you always got to think about, well, does that person have a sending stone? If I've got a sending stone, am I just sending a message into this stone into nobody? And now you've got that all figured out. Delivering the sending stone to the person with the message. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I another reason I thought it'd be um, amazing for your community is, you know, you spend so much time here in the trees. If you need to ask someone something and you just do not have the time to leave the shop or you just cannot get from one tree to the other fast enough, it would be a way for you to be able to get that message to them and then they can give it back as well. Absolutely. So it just makes things a bit more, mm, I guess, easier for everyone. Um, and not only that, you know, with such great distances and such and that way you don't have to worry about if the uh the ropes are tight or if someone has reset them it just makes life and i'm sure you get tired of running up and down those stairs so it just makes life a little bit easier absolutely so and I there is, yeah, <laughs> there's nothing worse than an undelivered message oh my gosh i know i not only that it's it's so nerve-wracking when you have a sending stone and you're wondering if that person even is near theirs or they're gonna get the message later or you know there's also with many of uh carrier birds like you can always send a message or you can mail something but it doesn't mean that it's going to get there in the time you need it to so it i hope it will at least make the lives of some people easier absolutely um, will you, as you're kind of talking about the delivering of messages and the security of delivering messages and making sure that you are heard, 
and that you get a response back. Will you give me a charisma saving throw, please? Yes, I'd be happy to. Ooh, that's an eight. An eight. Uh, so there is no spell or any kind of effect happening at the moment. This is mostly just for your control over your emotions over in this moment. Uh, and with an eight, as you're kind of talking with Sadie about, you know, the certainty of delivering messages and the certainty of making sure that you're heard and that you're seen and that communications stay open, your mind drifts back to Aramor, to a time where there was still responsibility on your head with your older siblings off doing great things, still under the watchful eye of your parents, but out doing great things. There was a moment in time in which Oriana was a alone in her home and in those times and during a certain period of oriana's life there was a young man who would come and spend time with oriana and spend hours interrogating but in a light-hearted way and asking the many many questions about the little things that were going on in Oriana's head and the little pieces of like projects that she was all too happy to share with him and his name was Jezar and he is a young man who had come to your home a couple of times you found yourself to be quite fond of this gentleman and after a couple of meetings and an exchange of sending stones to keep in contact, after one visit to your home, you never received a message back from them again. And in this moment, you feel like your wish and your journey of wanting to have the security of making sure that you are heard and that the person who needs to hear you hears your voice and hears your words. You flash back to look back at your beautiful creation that does just that. So Oriana is not one to, and I'm sure Sadie sees it on her face, but yeah. she's not one to allow the emotions to be addressed easily. So I think realizing that it's probably readable, she quickly picks up her bird and Holds it up and smiles and says, Oh, you're going to do such wonderful things, you little bird. I can't wait to see you in auction. Truly, truly magnificent you are. And Sadie, once more, as she sets the birds down, I truly am so grateful for your aid in this. I really hope that it allows people to be heard. In this moment, you described yourself, Oriana, as pulling back these emotions so that they were for her and not perceived by anybody. Will you give me a deception check? Absolutely. Ooh! <laughs> That is a 19 plus 4, so that is going to be a spicy 23. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Uh, so uh, you see Sadie as you uh, kind of like quickly compose yourself and, you know, express such delight over, you know, this uh, 
this new experiment, this new creation coming to fruition and uh, working and even working better than originally intended, uh, you bury these feelings deep down inside like you always have before. Uh, and Sadie looks at you uh, unknowing of the things that are boiling down deep inside of you, but still places out a like tender hand onto your shoulder. Uh, you, you get the inclination that she doesn't quite know what's going on inside or what's happening here. And she doesn't even quite maybe even recognize that there's sadness, but that there is thought behind, you know, what you're doing here. Um, that that isn't necessarily a, a giveaway to your past. It is, of course, there's thought behind your creations. You're an artificer. There's thought behind pretty much anything you do. So she places a tender hand onto your shoulder and she's like, I'm glad that we can work this all out. Uh, it's absolutely incredible pushing the boundaries of magic and seeing what can be done. It is. And I think that it would be a shame if we, if we allowed magic to be just as the books say it is. Magic is so much more than what we believe it to be. And I think as an artificer, you also understand that with the right tools and the right mechanics built, you can make these spells not only good, but create something even better. And I really think, especially with what you're doing here, you can do some truly magnificent things. And I think this is only the beginning. You're very right. Every new project completion is just the beginning onto the next big, great thing that we can do. Yes, and I am overjoyed to be able to have met you and be here to see how you and your community goes about doing what you need to do in the ways of magic and how you do the things you create. You know, Sadie, is, is there anything that you've created that you'd be willing to share with me? Um, absolutely. Uh, I've got a lot of different things in here. Um, what are you looking for, Oriana? Well, that's not a beautiful question. You know, I... Mm. I, I don't like and this may seem odd, considering I'm a bard, but as a bard, you kind of pick and choose when you want the attention. You know, you put on a performance. You invite the attention. And then when the performance ends, you have dispelled that. You've taken back your privacy. So, I'm not one to draw attention to myself unless I've given permission be perceived and as I'm sure you've heard about the sacred seven I am one of them and I will be doing a lot of traveling being able to meet wonderful people much like yourself and others as we venture into these different communities but there's also a lot out there in the wilds I'll be facing and I've not really traveled much in my life. I've not really been able to experience wonderful communities such as this until now. And I don't know what's out there in the woods, in the wilds. So I want something that's going to be able to aid me in whatever I face. I guess maybe something more on the weapon side of things. I don't really like... I haven't really thought about that aspect. I never thought I'd have to think about that aspect. I mean, the closest thing I've created to, I guess, supposed weaponry would be, well, the thing that can wield it. And she holds up her arm. Like, I, I constructed this. And, you know, it's, it's just a hand. But, you know, it allows me to 
wield a weapon, but that's I've never thought much about weaponry. So I suppose you have to aid yourselves and help yourselves in some way, and I'm sure you work with the rangers. So if you have anything that could aid me in the wilds, I would be more than grateful. She takes in your words and is thinking deeply as she's kind of like staring out onto her multiple workspaces of things and items that she has and things that she's crafted and created and things that she's collected and used. And she's like, you know, fighting is one thing, but thinking is something entirely else. And it's usually the thinkers that stay out of harm's way. I don't know if you need a weapon, but I do have something that I think might help. She goes and she pulls a box out from underneath one of her um, workspaces. She kind of digs in it for a second. You see her like pulling out like scraps of fabric and clothes and things of that nature. And then she pulls out this beautiful cloak that is very reminiscent of Exralia's coat. This coat is a very deep, 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 deep purple color with cla little flashes of yellow to imitate like the star shine that is very similar to Exralia's coat on this cloak itself. And she br kind of folds it up and brings it over to you, and she's like, Now, this item, we've taken a little bit of the fabric from it, so it's just going to be a little short. But this item, whenever we use this fabric on any of the items that we build, it happens to find itself with the ability to not be attacked as easily. And I want to know what it would do on a person. And she kind of like ruffles it out a little bit and then places it over your shoulders. Um, and as it kind of lands on your shoulders and lands on you, it fits you very well. It is a little short, you know, it's nothing too, it's not as long as Exralia's coat is. But it is still a beautiful cloak with beautiful embroidery on it. Um, and as you wear it, you feel like you would be harder to hit as you wore this. She looks she... at you. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, I was uh, going to say Oriana reaches up and touches the fabric. And I think she smiles as she feels this energy. Because in a way, it's. It's her safety net now. She has something to give her an upper hand and an unknown situation. So while she will be relying mostly on her mind for what's to come, now she feels a bit safer knowing not only is her mind going to be her greatest weapon, as Sadie reminded her that those who think are usually not the ones who find themselves in trouble but knowing that if she does find herself she'll have the upper hand and that's exactly what she wants she kind of smiles as you uh make this eye contact in like knowing uh and she kind of looks at you and she's like Usually us smart ones are a little bit back away from where the main fight is happening. And I see you've got some skill with that rapier, and I'm not doubting your skill whatsoever. But I know a big brain when I see one, and I know you're not gonna run straight first into a fight without assessing it first. And having this on you will allow you that extra bit of time to really assess the situation and make sure you're doing the right move. Sadie, <clears throat> you read me like a book. <laughs> I Yes, I am not one to rush into a battle. And I have learned from experience, as she holds up her hand, that if you think, if you don't think... There are consequences. 
So. And she uh, gives you a nod and pulls up the pant leg on her left trouser to reveal her knee. Starting at her knee all the way down to her foot is a not as intricate as yours, but also mechanical prosthetic leg that is built with like wires and a nice hard metal shaft in between. It seems like it is more of a retrofitted similar to like a runner's prosthetic it's more sleek and agile over like the decorative and like more what would look realistic under clothes like what your hand and our forearm looks like uh but it is easily disguised under her pant leg and she's like we gotta think fast don't we that we do that we do i it's nice to know that there's someone who understands my thinking. And you've always got a place to come back and think harder. We could absolutely use a mind like yours in our workshop every once in a while. Oh, no worries. If I get the opportunity to come through here, I will. Hopefully next time I'll be able to keep the stew down. Um, we're going to fix that pest problem you have. For sure. Um, because I would love to keep the stew down. It was delicious. That was that was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, it's usually great stew, and it, it's you know it was kind of wild. Thorpe was telling me about it. We just stop thinking about what's in our food because we're just not affected by it. You know, we just put whatever we want in our belly, and it goes down just fine. You know, it's a little different having outsiders eating our food, and then all of a sudden they're getting sick. It's a little. Ugh. It is a concern, but you shouldn't be concerned. I mean, if it hasn't bothered your way of life, then it does not affect you. But you know, I'm sure you would love to have visitors every so often. So yeah. we're gonna make it. We're gonna make sure this food is safe for when you do have visitors who come through and see your beautiful community. I mean, this place is just dazzling, and I'm sure as you create more beautiful things to add and such it will just bring more and more great things your way and you know um i'm sure you would just like the pest problem taken care of just for the fact that you know this it's not good to have pests you know because you never know when that pest may change to be something that will affect you and i don't want that for you or anyone here very true and i really appreciate it and uh I hope the best for you and your uh, party of uh, heroes and, uh, you know, I guess you're a part of the, uh, the this prophecy people and, you know, we've yeah. had a lot of opportunity for, you know, the prophecy to come and go and, you know, a lot of people thought they were part of prophecy and stuff, so I think I'll just, and I hope you don't mind my bluntness here, I think I'll just wait to see y'all prove that y'all are the sacred heroes no i appreciate the honesty i mean i'm not one uh, honesty is something i believe in wholeheartedly i don't speak unless there is honest word in my voice um it may not come across like most people want but you know that that's the price of honesty it's not always what you want to hear but, you know, I, if anything, hearing you say that, it's, it's kind of what we need to hear. Because if we get into our heads that we're some great heroes that have such this great purpose, then we're going to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to be full of our heads and we're going to lose sight of what's actually important. We, if anything, we are just seven random people picked to do to rescue something that others cannot rescue and they see something within us to do said thing because of what we bring to the table so if anything that's how i want to approach it that's not saying that there's nothing special about me there's not to sound egotistical but i am a very special person who is full of great capabilities and that's why i was picked for this because someone believed that I would be perfect for this job. 
whether or not that's a prophecy or just the fates or whatever you want to call it, someone saw that in me and that's why I'm chosen. I'm not chosen because of some big higher reason or mythical reason. It's just there was the skills and I have to be the one who owned them. And I'm very grateful for it because it has given me a chance to live a life that is more suited to what I want. And to meet people like you who can help me grow my mind. She gives like, she's nodding along as you're kind of talking about like the probability of the prophecy just being bullshit or whether it's real or not. And uh, really, you know, you see the like understanding and like the same level of like, you know, you feel like you and Sadie are kind of on the same page when it comes to this. Is like, it feels like a lot of malarkey that a magic rock from space is the one that makes you a hero. And, you know, in your mind even as well, you're a little bit like, you know, this is a little bit crazy. But, you know, someone somewhere, whether it was a magic rock from the sky or just Xralia himself who saw potential in you... You know, you were chosen to go on this mission, whether you are the prophesized hero or not. And you take pride in your mission, and Sadie sees that and um, is like, I am really hoping for the best for all y'all. And I really hope that whatever's going on and whatever's happening out there, that we just make these, make this island livable again. I will. I mean, I am not one to take on, and I'm sure you understand this, if I'm given a challenge, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to not only do as the challenge needs, but to do it better than anyone else could, because I was the one tasked with it. Therefore, I have to make sure that it's seen through, and that is why... I'm not only going to make sure that this island is livable again, I'm going to make sure that the six other people do as they are chosen to do, we see it all through together, and they get to go home. If they choose to go home. Or they begin a new life. That is not up to me, but all I know is that because I was given this task to do this with six other people, that means that all seven of us will return home all seven of us will do the job, and all seven of us will ensure you get to live the life you deserve to live on this island. She smiles at you, and uh, you see a, like, warmth behind her eyes as she looks at you, and she's like, I really appreciate it. You know, I really appreciate you trying to do right but whatever's wrong out there. There's anything else I can help you with here in the artificer, you know, in this workshop here? I'd be happy to help you out. I know it's getting a little bit late and got a whole journey going tomorrow. I'd be happy to walk you back down to your mushroom. I would love that, and you know, I don't need a lot of sleep. Um, as a as a drow, we just kind of trance for a few hours, so it has been very nice uh, being an artificer because. As you mentioned, you tend to sleep in your workshop. I actually moved a smaller work table into my own bedroom so I could work and then lay down if I needed to, um, if I got too tired. So I I understand. But being able to just trance for a few hours and then get right back to it has been great for my work schedule. My body does not always appreciate it, but uh, <laughs> it... Uh, it does make work nice. But yes, please, accompany me. I would love to have, continue a conversation. Um, and she, you can tell me uh, more about what you hope to do here. Yeah, absolutely. She uh, accompanies you as she walks you back down towards the mushroom. Uh, and she it, like continues to kind of talk to you about like what she is like doing currently in the workshop she is like not only tinkering and coming up with new and exciting things to help better her uh cap creek to better this town um she is uh, actually responsible for those like bungee cord like transportation system and the little lift carts that are throughout the town 
Um, she goes about kind of like explaining how mechanically they work to you. Um, and she also um, kind of points out uh, some things that she's doing in mass. She's building some, uh, she's helping build some machines. Uh, she doesn't go into too much detail about what they do or what they're for, but she says that it's for the city of Dornwich which you know is a city along your route towards Cald. Um, and uh, just kind of has really, you know, intelligent and like quirky, chatty conversation with you uh, uh, in the beautiful, crisp air of the um, Midnight Bayou. Um, and as you guys all... Uh, come to getting closer and closer to your uh, accommodations is there any last questions you have for sadie um i think she kind of pauses and she says sadie uh, i hate to ask this and i don't really want to end things on a dower note but when was the last time you left here? What was what was the wilds like last time you left? I I would love to hear it from someone of my own, um, someone who thinks like I do, someone who perceives like I do. What did you see out there? What when did you really start to notice there was a pest problem? What do you remember? She kind of slows down her pace as you're approaching your accommodations to walk a little bit slower. And she doesn't really look towards you as she's explaining the story. She's kind of more looking straight forward uh, at your destination or, and where you're going rather than at you. And she, um, she says, well, I've, uh, I've been in uh, my workshop for probably about three years um, consecutively. Um, and uh, uh, so it's been about three years since I've been out into the wilds. But um, it, I did start to notice three years ago that there was the beginnings of some issues. You know, our... The... Uh, the fort that is near here, Fort Jan, it used to have a lot of people kind of like controlling and occupying that area. It's, it's, it's a military base, so they usually have a lot of people there. But it's just been declining and declining, and the last time we were there, well, I was there three years ago, it was just seemed so less fortified than I'd seen before. And... You know, as a bullywog, as someone who is like really connected to like the wildlife and and the the pleach the creatures and the plants around me, over these last couple years, everything's just grown so big. Everything has like mutated and changed and gotten bigger and more dangerous and more beautiful it's it's beautiful i mean and he like they just uh, she gestures like the flowers and stuff that are around you and then she says like but we here in the town we've gotten rid of a lot of the dangerous plants these are the ones that aren't dangerous there are there's a lot to look out for out there and it's having a brain having a brain like yours is really gonna help it's you know, you gotta watch out and keep an eye and look out from around you. There's, the wilds have changed and they must have been changed more since I've been out three years ago. But all I can imagine is just how much worse it's gotten. Well, Sadie, you know, we, there's not much you can do to change the way of nature i mean we all know this but this whatever is out there know that your people are safe here whatever out is out there is not going to it's not going to hurt you but know that we are going to make sure that the next time you head out you won't have to worry like you have been no one will 
there will always be danger, but whatever is causing this strange change, we're going to heal it. I really appreciate you putting forth the effort to help and try and clean up. You know, God knows no one else is doing much. It's just us small folk out here doing the best we can. And that's more than enough. You know, people always say they want to change the world. And that's not a bad thing. But sometimes your world is a grove of trees in a beautiful forest next to a creek. And what you can do to change and better that small world is a magnificent thing. Now, for me, it's a bit bigger of a world because I have been sent on this quest, but I'm going to do what I can to aid those small worlds along the way. Because if I were in your shoes, I would be grateful to know that I'm doing the best that I can to maintain the life and the world in which I live and operate. And there's some reassurance in that. At least I think there would be. And if I can bring reassurance to people, even a tiny bit, then that's a small success. She smiles and like sits with you in this moment of wanting to do as much as you can in these moments to protect the people around you, knowing that the best way and the best foot forward for each of you is putting your mind to work and using whatever is cooking up in that brain of yours, of both of yours, to put it to good use for the betterment of your communities, the betterment of your country. You start to slowly approach your home and establishment for the night, and Sadie uh, reaches out to give you a hug. And Oriana returns the hug. She, as you guys are hugging, whispers into your ear, and she's like, I may not be too keen on this whole prophecy thing, but I've got my bets on you, kid. That means more than you'll ever know, Sadie. She releases you from the hug, keeping both of her hands kind of on your shoulders, and kind of adjusts the cloak that's still around your shoulders, and she's like, now you keep this thing on, and I'll know for sure that nothing bad can happen to you. Oh, it's not coming off. <laughs> and if it is, it's staying within hand's reach, because this is probably the best gift I've ever been given. Truly, thank you. And she smiles, and she's like, now, I know you don't really need the rest, but try and get some. I know tomorrow's going to be a wild day for y'all. You going just deeper into this forest. And I really am just hoping the best for y'all. Thank you. And if anything, trying to, trying to keep them out of trouble is going to be exhausting. So any rest and peace that I can get now is going to be needed because... This might, I don't mean, I don't mean it to sound rude, but I will not know peace again until I get home. <laughs> not with Completely them anyhow. Understandable. Completely understandable. And, and no uh, malice taken here. It's, there is truly no place like home. Yes. And you know what? I think I've known peace for a little too long. So and it's always in chaos. When we find our best inventions. He got that right. And she gives you a little 
clap and pats on your shoulder and gives you some last goodbyes and some good nights. Invites you over if you would like to stop by at any point, either in the morning or on your journeys home, to come and see her again. Or you're welcome to also, um, she has a sending stone herself, so you can always interact with your sending stone to speak to Sadie. But Sadie leaves you here in the shimmering glow of the night with a better and more improved version of your Mockingjay. A chance to get out of trouble when you most need it and the invigoration to continue forward on this journey for you. And this is where we're going to end our 1v1. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, CJ. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And thank you all to our listeners as well. You can follow yes, thank us you. Yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. Please continue to listen to us. I'm not forcing you. I'm just asking very nicely. We have. I'm also asking nicely. We're both (laughs) asking so nicely from the depths of our hearts. So, so nicely to follow us on all of our social media platforms and to take a listen to us on wherever you get your podcast medias from and to follow along because we have a lot coming up our sleeves. Uh, This will more than likely be released after this campaign is already in completion. But we have so many campaigns lined up for you, so keep an eye on all of these socials for the next big announcements. And thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Goodbye! Bye!